Hello and welcome to the Relationship Matters podcast. From the boardroom to the living room, we believe relationship matters. Hello, I'm your host, Katie Churchman. And in this episode, Faith Fuller and I are talking about what makes systems coaching different. What are the crossovers between pure coaching and consultancy? And what is unique about systems coaching? What do we do? Why do we do it? And how does it help our clients? Over the course of this conversation, we discuss the following topics. The differences between therapy and coaching. The differences between other coaching styles and systems coaching. Blending consultancy and coaching and giving our clients the tools to change their lives. So without further ado, I give you Faith Fuller. So then today's topic is consulting or coaching and what's the difference? It's a great question and one that as a school, we've frankly struggled with, you know, been around the block several times on this topic. And here's some of the reasons why. First of all, and (laughs) this is a little bit of a secret, not too much, but a little bit of a secret. I hold, and I'll just take the full blame for this. uh, I personally hold that um, ORSC work um, isn't just coaching. I think we have a piece of coaching. We have a quality in us also that is consulting. And the reason is because we have content expertise. Consultants have content expertise in an area that they share. And we do. We have expert information on how to improve relationships within teams and organizations or couples or whomever. So there's that. We also have a little piece of facilitation Uh, Some of our work leans up against, but hopefully doesn't cross over into therapeutic work. So as we have evolved over the years, we've had to get, try to get as clear as we possibly can about who are we, what are we? And the last thing I want to say about that is that it's also been, we learned so much from our students. We have consultants come into our program and they're, you know, very much in the consultant thread. And of course we have life coaches and they're in the coaching thread. And um, we have facilitators, we have therapists and everybody comes in from their own home room, so to speak. Um, And they're all right. Uh, Everybody's right partially. (laughs) I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I feel that we need to be comfortable. We are technically a coach training school. We are ACTP accredited. And the ICF, before they were willing to accredit us way back, 20 whatever, had us write a white paper about the difference between coaching and therapy. They were concerned because they know I'm a PhD psychologist and Rita is a social worker, you know, master's degree in social work. And I think they were worried you know, how's this going to be different from therapy? And if anybody out there uh, wants that white paper, we can share it with you. But some of the ways in which we're different from being a therapy is that, first of all, we don't generally deal with historical material. It's not about what happened in your childhood. But sometimes we do, for example, getting triggered when you get triggered by things. We will say, we're not interested in what happened in your childhood, but that impact of that event is happening now, in your life now. 
And it may have come from your history, but it's happening in your life now. So we're interested in what's happening in your life now and working with that. Also, we're non-pathology oriented. You don't get a diagnosis. We very much hold that um, all human experience has its own wisdom aspect. That's the lion's roar. Um, and generally speaking, we're interested in not healing people, but in promoting the best they can be. So very much about how do you take a person who's already basically healthy and making them better. So let me just pause there. How does, how does that therapeutic versus coaching land for you before I get on to consulting? What do you think? Yeah, it definitely lands with what I've been thinking because at least ORS coaching feels very forward thinking, goal orientated, but more so than that, because it's not just goal orientated because everyone who interviews for a job, say, has a goal of getting the job. So what you know defines the winners, the people who get the job over the people who don't, it's a system of habits. And I think that's what we, we think about. It's, it's the system within and then the system beyond. And so I think it's so much more than just a finite game of getting to a goal. It's an infinite game that continues beyond the goal. And I think that's what's, at least for me, different from pure coaching. Wow. You know, I, I, I love that. I, and so I want to riff off of that. I love the idea that Orsk, and actually I think any good coaching doesn't have to just be Orsk, is an infinite game. Uh, because for me, good coaching, whether it's Orsk or anything else, is about evolution ultimately. It's not just how can I be the best I am, but how can I, you know, as I become the best of whom I am, I naturally expand out to want to help others. It's, uh, it's our developmental path is as moving past ourselves into larger, ever larger systems. And how can I be my best self to support the growth of that next larger uh, systemic whole on. So I love the idea that it's an infinite game. Um, and I agree with that completely. I also just want to say that most of us in coaching have done our therapeutic work. I don't want to imply that there's no overlap between therapy and coaching. So I think that's a lie. It's all about evolving, but in therapy, you're often healing something. And uh, in coaching, I think you're moving more in the direction of the best evolution you can make in your own personal development. But I think it's a, it's a continuum. And so I, I don't like to say it's not this, it's always that. But we did have to write that white paper. And if anybody wants to know how we defined it for the ICF, and it must have been good enough because they said, okay. <laughs> That'd be really interesting, actually. Perhaps we can put it in the show notes because I'd love to read that. Sure. Yeah, I, and imagine... Like ORSC and therapy, I mean, it's hugely complementary because one's sort of looking at the previous maps and one's looking at the future maps. Exactly. And understanding those those processes. But I guess my biggest question is how does ORSC sort of differentiate itself from pure coaching? Right, right. Well, um, I would say that what is that we need to be able to own that we have more than just coaching skills in the sense of we may have a history coming from therapeutic background. I also want to say I'm not at all ashamed. I hold myself as being a coach consultant. And so again, that probably would not make the ICF very happy to hear that because they're very clear. Consultants solve problems. Coaches don't. 
But here's the thing, where we stand in Orsk is that it is the client's agenda always. That's the coaching stance. But we have content expertise that can help move the, the client in the direction of their agenda. So we do have content expertise, which can make us a consultant. It's like, let me show you how to get more out of your team by using a designed alliance. Your goal is to have a more aligned team. Great. Here's a tool that will help you to get there. So your goal, but we have tools that are specific that we train people in that is a little more like a consultant giving a solution. However, the stance of coaching is checking. Is this tool meeting your agenda? You never, ever forget the client's agenda. So I'm not just using a tool because I think it's cool. I check with my client over and over. Is this helping? Do you think this is going to be a useful tool for your team? Why? You know, how does it need to be tweaked? So you co-create, but you do have something you're bringing to the game that isn't just powerful questions. There are tools that we do promote. And so we're a little different from more classic coaching, but we uh, do meet the ICF requirements of the client's agenda and um, not interfering with their process. I do think that the client has their answers about what they need, but I got some goodies to help them get what they said they needed. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So as a coach consultant, are we sort of giving them the fishing rod so that they can catch the fish? Is that kind of the difference? That's a really interesting analogy. Yes. We, we would begin with with a client saying, we, you know, we go and come to the client and say, what do you want to do? And the client says, I want to fish. I want to be a better fisherman, you know? And so, great. I'm, I'm not going to tell them about what kind of car to buy. You know, it's like, nope. Okay, they want to talk fishing. Great. So what is it about fishing that you want to know more about? Well, I need to know about equipment or, you know, what's the right place to go to find blah, blah. And I can go, okay, so you want to know about equipment. What kind of equipment? So I'm unfolding what they need. And then I, they can say, well, I want my teams to be more integrated. Great. So I have a tool that might help you, you know, integrate your team better. It's called the Design Team Alliance. Do you want to hear more about it? Yes, you do. Great. So I'll train them and then I'll say, why don't you try it? What do you think? Do you think this would help your team? I don't know. Let me try it. Great. So have them try it. Come back. You know, this didn't work because of blah, blah. And I've got great. So how do we need to change it? So it's collaborative, but I have something. Once I'm clear, you know, okay, so the thing they want is this size and it's about that big and it's shaped like that. I've got something that's shaped like that, you know, so it's collaborative. Does that help? Yeah. No, it's really interesting to sort of hear, hear the difference because it always felt like ORSK was something different from classical coaching and not that one's better than the other, but it did feel slightly more active on our part. Yes. And um, yeah, it does feel, it is tool heavy and we've got this toolbox and it would be a shame not to, to get out the right tool if that's the one they're asking for. Well, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that the ICF is working with this increasingly um, because also as they work more with schools, that are more cognitively oriented and more um, schools often have tools. You know, you do this, you teach this. But if, if you ever, I'm really aware, if I start to feel like, whose agenda is this? Am I driving an agenda because I have a tool? 
it's a constant struggle we have to consider. But the only other thing I want to say about this, because we struggle with this in certification with consultants particularly, is, and we may have mentioned this before on another call, consultants feel enormous drive to give value to their clients. That's what consultants do. So they provide value. And their worth as a consultant is, did they give that client value? And sometimes, you know, as I've gotten older and more experienced, I use fewer and fewer tools. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm more relaxed about my value and I know how to ask better questions to help the client find their own answers. So then I think I am, I've gotten more subtle about what tool, once I've really drawn out the client, about a powerful question might be all they need. They maybe don't need a whole 45-minute lands work piece with their team. And sometimes they do need a 45-minute lands work piece. Uh, discrimination, what kind of tool, what kind of timing is the name of the game? This is so interesting because I think for me at least, what gets in the way at the moment is is ego. So it's that, oh, I, I need to serve you. I need to be of value. And I think I worry that if I ask them that and they say no, that I don't know, something will happen. And actually it doesn't really matter, does it? Because, you know, we're not there essentially to be good at coaching. We're there to hold the space. Yeah. And I think one of the hardest things to learn is that my uh, clients sometimes get more out of what I would call my failures. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, in this respect, a very small example is if I read the emotional field, I, this happened to me, I had a pair of business partners and they were um, laughing about something and I said, oh, I love the laughter. And they, one of them said, oh no, that's nervous laughter. <laughs> you know, yeah, they said, we're nervous right now. And what a learning moment. If I hadn't said yeah. the wrong thing. They wouldn't have corrected it and, and revealed the system of being actually in nervous laughter. So that's an example of my failure led to greater learning. And same thing with other things. You know, if I'm using a tool and it's not going well, that is a reveal of what's going on. But I'll often make an assumption that something will be useful and then the client will let me know directly or indirectly that no, that assumption is wrong. And in that process, they learn about themselves. So at its most ultimate truth, the lion's roar, which is one of the principles in Orsk, stands for the fact that everything has a wisdom aspect. Your screw-up, your using the wrong tool or not getting it right, is a learning opportunity for both you and the client. And... Uh, most of us don't really believe that, but disturbance as ally is also one of our meta skills. Out of that disturbance of getting it wrong, something new can emerge if you don't have too much ego on the line. And I'm 68 and I still often have too much ego on the line. I just want to own that. <laughs> you know, we do want to look good out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my final question is, how do we stop ourselves getting in the way? Because that's definitely been my problem as of late when I've been reviewing some of my my coaching sessions how do we stop ourselves from getting in the way and trying too hard wow that's such a good question well let me start with you what have you learned so far and then I'll tag team with you what have you learned about not trying too hard often the thing I'm feeling so in this one session I was feeling really awkward it was 
a really sort of tense moment. And I could have just said that. So I'm feeling quite awkward right now. And that would have been something. But instead, I was like, I was trying to make it better. And I was like, oh, okay, so great. And it was that very British, let's move on thing. (laughs) Uh, let's sweep it under the rug and um, it was all there oh that is so helpful and those for you out there who think about times when you know maybe you aren't as transparent as you could be what's behind that I think it's a great question so what I'm hearing you say is the the learning in that for me is ego is in the way when I can't be totally transparent you know, so I I might say something wrong. And if I can go, you know, I really just put my foot in it there. I'm so sorry. I made an assumption and I was wrong. So what, if anything, do we need to do to clean this up together? Because that so wasn't the impact I wanted to have. Be transparent is one way to get out of your way. Yeah. And what else? What else did you learn? I mean, that trying too hard piece, when it feels hard work, it is hard work and you're not, you're trying to solve it for them I guess yeah and when you when it's too hard work you're more in in level one than you are in level two or three in other words you're worried about how you're doing if you're trying too hard and looking good and giving or contributing or giving value all those things are wonderful things to want but when you're preoccupied with them you're not over there with a client so I think there is a process of continuously letting go of yourself. What's going on over there over and over again? What's going on over there? Am I well aligned? Am I sharing the world of that client enough to sense what's going on for them? And can I relax? And in a moment where I'm not sure what to do, intelligence coaching was so useful that way because you can say, where do you think we should go from here? It's a fabulous, powerful question. You don't have to have the answer. So what do you think needs to happen next? Uh, you know, you don't have to say, oh my God, I don't know what to do. That's not helpful emotionally. But you can say, so if, if you were to lead the way here now, where, where should we go? It's a great, powerful question. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is so interesting because in my press skills work, I often talk about sharing the spotlight because people often find standing on stage very scary, but they make it about themselves. And actually when they put the attention on the audience, it becomes a very different experience. And the same applies here. It's not about you. And actually, you share the spotlight, share the question, ask them what's going on. You don't have to know. Absolutely. I, you know, and I think that's why as we get more and more experienced, we become increasingly minimalist. You can feel what's happening for the client. And instead of having to whack the system with a great big tool, you can make a very subtle tap with a question or a part of a tool or a subtle tap that doesn't disrupt the process with the tool, big tool. But then there are other times when that field needs a big tool, you know, it needs a big intervention. And so you're gonna lean into that, but that discrimination, that discernment of what's needed is, you know, what shot selection, like they say in tennis. I think that just is experience. And um, as we get more experience, we do less, but what we do is better. <laughs> do less, but do it really well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Faith. This has been fascinating. It always is. Thank you, Katie. It's been fun. Coach, <laughs> consultant, and also a mirror all at the same time. I love it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Relationship Matters podcast. 
In this episode, we looked at systems coaching as a hybrid of pure coaching and consultancy. It both holds space and offers people the tools to create change. CRR Global are passionate not only about training great coaches, but also creating coaching cultures. And here are some key qualities. Curiosity builds bridges. Conflict is a sign that something new is trying to happen. Change is inevitable, so lead the charge. Leader is a role that is shared in the system. How might you cultivate more of a systems coaching culture, not only with clients, but with your team, organization, or family? A systems coaching approach is unique because it's both active and activating. We give people the tools to transform their lives. For further articles, resources, and to hear more about face work, do check out crrglobal.com. From the living room to the boardroom, we believe relationship matters.